The world is one great web, and a man dare not touch a single strand, lest all the others tremble. Welcome to 2C1C, the Game of Thrones podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brett Zeiler. Now hosted by myself, Daryl Lloyd, and Kyle Vansel, with guest appearances by past hosts and more. Many thanks to GRRM and FFG for making this possible, Card Game DB for our hosting, and Josh Woodward for the Creative Commons music you hear in this episode. Welcome to Season 4.5. Ooh, I know who that quote was. Oh, really? Who's that one? Spider-Man. Yes, actually. Funny uh, funny story about spiders and the reason I just went. The other day I went to walk out of my apartment door and walked right into a spider web. Uh, I turned around, you know, freaked out as you do. And uh, thankfully I hadn't torn down the whole spider web because I could still see the spider right in the center, the size of my friggin' thumb. Uh, nice. Yeah, if I'd had that on my head, let's just say it wouldn't have been pretty. Do you have superpowers? Not that I know of. Alright, well, you, after you edit this episode and post it, you should jump out the window and check. <laughs> okay, after I post it. Alright, this week we have a special guest joining us because Kyle sucks, and Daryl has fallen off the earth. Tyler, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Tyler from Florida. And I guess uh, since I'm replacing Kyle, it, it works pretty well because I'm rather large. Also, what's your board name? Oh, I'm, uh, well, on Agot Cards, I'm Tyler Thompson, but you'll see me on uh, Card Game DB and Octagon as Tater54. And you're in the Skype group as well, right? Yes, yeah. And that'll be Tyler or Tater54, whatever it sh- decides to show at the. Yeah, it's so weird that Skype changes back and forth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was on the Skype group earlier, and I just started cursing at someone random, and I just assumed I must know who it who it is. <laughs> like, I was showing a screen name. I was like, eh, probably no. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, uh, thanks for stepping in to help us out this week. Uh, I hear you've played a little bit of Stark, so you can probably jump in yeah. on one of our topics. That's That's been my main house, is uh, Stark. I've dabbled a little bit with Martell, but for the last two and a half years, it's been mostly Stark. Gotcha. So have you been playing for about two and a half years then? Or? Yeah, a uh, okay. little over two and a half years. Uh, the first six months, we probably just played with the core set. Um, and then my brother-in-law decided he wanted to build an awesome uh, Night's Watch deck. Well, it was awesome to us, because we didn't know what we were talking about. But so he started buying a bunch of packs, and that made it where the rest of us had to buy packs to catch up to him. Nice. Well, one other uh, maybe kind of get to know you question at least before we move on. So, how exactly did you get brought in? Did you discover the game? Did you read the books beforehand, or just jump um, in with the show? I watched the show, and uh, me and my dad watched the show, and. We played a, I don't even know what it's called now, but it was a World War II card game uh, oh. when I was younger, and I, I knew we lo- we enjoyed that a lot, so I was like, you might like this uh, card game, so we uh, picked it up just to uh, play, and then I got a couple of friends involved, because uh, the core came with four decks, 
So we would play a little bit of Melee and never looked back. Tyler also is a regional winner. He beat me down on his way to winning that one. Oh, grats. Yeah, I think I vaguely remember uh, hearing about that just a little bit. Yeah, um, I tricked uh, Aaron and Sandy to come to Florida, and then we got them drunk the night before, and I took advantage of them. <laughs> yeah, got us drunk, because that yeah. wouldn't happen anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the, our next topic, or rather first topic for this week, is going to be to uh, elaborate some on uh, the uh, the subject that I kind of introed last week. Uh, I mentioned briefly for folks uh, that we were kind of working on uh, this idea of what could be done um, to refresh the card pool. Uh, we kind of kind of hit on that term today. Uh, as we were talking about it, and I think it, it has a much more positive uh, feeling to it than a reboot or a rotation, right? Absolutely. Definitely. So we're, we're looking uh, at the moment at uh, setting up a new core set uh, for each house and hoping uh, that those can be done as dual boxes. So that's uh, D-U-E-L and D-U-A-L, so to speak. Uh, so they'd be, oh, you're so punny. Oh, I know, right? So they would be, uh, joust focused boxes with, uh, pairs of, of houses with some sort of, uh, you know, Nedley vibe to their conflict. Um, so I, I kind of mentioned a little bit about trying to shoot for like that $30, uh, uh, cost point or so last week and a little bit about how we'd break all that down. So this week, I think we're going to talk about Stark, and then uh, Aaron has suggested rounding that out uh, with some reprint packs. So, Aaron, how were you thinking those would work, Aaron? Okay, well, let's go over a bunch of stuff about how things work, but reprint packs are a good way to start, so that we who are used to a giant card pool aren't stuck with just these core decks. Um, each cycle, we'll get three cards per house re- uh, released, in just like an extra chapter pack, since that's about what they are, fifteen to fifteen to eighteen dollar price point. Those of us who already have all the cards don't have to re-get into them; they're just reprints of cards, and those cards keep the card pool expanded. In addition, um, I'm thinking they're probably not going to do anything with the most recent cycles. So the King's Road and Conquest and Defiance, both cycles, will be fully legal for our purposes, and so that we don't have to spend all our time on plots and agendas. FFG can make some extra money just reprinting a pack of plots and a pack of agendas. Those are things we'll look at at the end of this exercise. Not today, but at the end of our whole thing. I do have to say, I really love the thought of just like a plot pack, because I keep being in places where I need uh, another copy of, you know, plot X, Y, or Z, and I'm like, dang, I don't want to buy a whole other whatever box for it, like, and just being able to buy up a bunch of plot packs would be pretty awesome. Yeah, we share uh, cards where where I'm at. There's four of us, and we decided to split up uh, the packs, and all. we chose a house. And the one problem is there's only three plots per uh, pack, so being able to buy my own set of plots would be very helpful. So when we all four want one plot, it's a lot easier if I just go get that by myself. It also adds in that we can get rid of some problem plots, like 
most people don't seem to really like that cities are so prevalent, so we can either completely eliminate cities in that way or just cut them down to the point where you've only got, like, two or three choices and it's not an entire plot deck. Yeah. I'm leaning towards cutting them down, but we can probably hit that on another house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cough, Lanny. <laughs> All right. A couple other changes that I think would be good to establish right off the stop start. Um the new reboot should establish the three times per phase limit for everything, just so we avoid problems down the line. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that that I'd love to see cleaned up with the rules. I mean, like, if you're going to refresh the game, you should go ahead and, and refresh a lot of things while you're at it. Like the inane, just, even just little things, the, the inanity of there being a, a player action window at the start of some phases and not others. You know? Just, ugh. Agreed. In addition, um, all attachments should just get the setup keyword. That would if, be a huge boost, I think. Well, if the card pool is shrinking, we can keep a stronger focus on cards that have all except attachments, and that makes attachments more playable if they have the setup keyword. So, like, it'll stop Daenerys, who's in this recent pack, So, where you might not want to run attachments before, and now they're there, and there's a lot more cancel in these last few packs, so attachments get a really big boost. Yeah, boy. Well, and I've always wanted to play the direwolves, but uh, it's just difficult to play too many attachments because of how bad it does your setup. So, making them setup friendly would be a a, a major boon to that. And lastly, uh, this is especially important because of the house we're talking about today. Stalwart needs to change. Yes, yeah, it's just it's just not quite there as is. And like Nate had mentioned on his interview over on Beyond the Wall, that you know it, it kind of stagnates uh, the board by clogging up draw as is. But the well, question is, what, what should it do? One problem I had with that interview, and I and I can't remember if they mentioned this or not, but just simply putting May in there would I think would solve Stalwart, and you could add it to a lot more cards if you may put it back on top of your deck or let it go to dead or discard. It would just... I think that would fix Stalwart completely. So if I wanted the card back, I'd put it on top. If I don't, i let it go. Yeah. that I've heard that uh, mentioned before. And yeah, that just makes it into a a little possible upside perk. Like, hey, you know, if, I, if the game state calls for it, then I go for it. If not, you know, it's just a normal card. We can also change uh, an option that I... Alex Hines' option, actually, was that it's worked something like Naval, but just for defense, to give the Stark defense theme a boost. Yeah, I, I, good. I think that would be cool. I'd also thought about making it like a like a reverse uh, Vigilant, so that they stand if you win on defense. That'd be cool. Uh, would fit in there, there as well. Or keeping kind of the flavor it currently has, I'd also uh, kind of pondered about making it a shuffle in the deck. That would uh, that would still help you on your unique characters because they wouldn't get clogged up in the dead pile, but wouldn't stagnate uh, things the same way. Plus, the more I thought about it today, there's kind of even like a Nedley angle, like with uh, like Rickon and Arya and stuff. Like it, actually, and even Sansa at this point, like kind of uh, disappearing and hiding, and nobody really knowing where they are, but they're not dead. So I don't know. There's always just return to hand, but that could be too powerful. Um, instead of return to hand, I like the idea of it allowing them to be chosen for claim once, and then um, and then like them not die, they stay in play. 
where they return to hand once, but can, no, return to hand once, so wouldn't have the memory. So they yeah. can just stay in place. They can just stay in place once. So uh, without, something like without dying to claim. Gotcha. Something sort of like an auto save and maybe make it so they get like a gold token on them to track it or something like that. Yeah, pretty much exactly. Okay. And they can only do it once, like the entire game, or once per round. Uh, once for the entire game, they can just. Yeah, okay, save. that's not so bad. I was yeah. thinking once per round would be very powerful. Oh no, yeah, that'd, that'd be crazy. That'd be but hard. once per game wouldn't be wouldn't be too bad as long as yeah. you throw in some way to track it like that, so you can tell at a glance who has and hasn't used it already. So one of those doesn't especially matter which. These are just options, and but it has to change, and I'm sure they will. All right. Maybe with with this we could. Well, <laughs> I, I I like to think that they're going to. Because if Nate doesn't like it, he's head designer. Yeah, and it's so worthless right now. Like, it's... There's, like, one card that... Well, besides, Kyle is a great card, but uh, the... the was it the many face God? Follower of the many face Gods can sometimes be good. But besides mm-hmm. those two, it's just worthless. Yeah, I just... Part of it, I think, is because it, it just wasn't utilized well. Um... You know, if there were more effects along the lines of Hall type effects that were a kill to do X, I think that would help out. You know, especially with the follower. Uh, if if there was like another kill to do X and another after stalwart characters play do something, so that you could keep cycling them in and out to get these effects, that would use it. But there's not that much that really uses the fact that they keep returning. You know. Well, onto the Stark deck. The Stark core box will include the agenda Siege of Winterfell, so that you can build effectively either a Siege of Winterfell deck or a Stark no agenda deck. Yeah, a little bit of variety there. Sounds good. Shall we begin with plots? Yeah, yeah. We were looking at, what, nine plots, so you've got a little bit of leeway to uh, customize those, and of course... You know, the the other nine on the other side of that duel, uh, you know, some of those, I'm sure, are ones that could be traded around as well. All right. Tell us the plots, Will. Okay. Uh, at the gates, march to the wall, rule by decree, spending the winter stores, siege of river run, winds of winter, Valor Mongolis, winter festival, and respect of the old gods. And there's one thing about these plots I want to say before we get into anything else about them. And that is one of the things it sort of killed me to do, because it'll just look weird, but it really just has to be done for these to be viable entry points. Every one of these decks really probably needs Valor as one of those nine plots. Kind of sucks that it eats up that deck space, but that is just a key entry choke point uh, for players right now. And getting getting them out there where people have them to use, uh, I think is really important. Yeah, and you can never have too many valors. Right. Okay. Well, let's go through these and discuss what each of them is here for. So, at the gates is representing Stark Search, at least a start to Stark Search. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we'll see, we included Lewin and the uh, Daryl's favorite card, the um, Riders of the Red Fork. Thank oh, yeah. you. Are right in there for that, and it gives us a nice way to start that uh, effect going. Stark has little draw, especially at this point, well, for this kind of deck, so Rule by Decree helps equal that out. Mm-hmm. Dire Wolves um, go quite well with Winds of Winter. And spending the Winter Stores. Yeah, and spending the Winter Stores. 
if we have Winds of Winter, we might as well have Winter Festival for a power grab. Mm-hmm. Respect of the Old Gods and Siege of River Run give us two claim for that stark aggro feel. And March adds a nice quick way to uh, handle problem characters. Yeah. That leaves Valar, which we know. Mm-hmm. Several answers, a little bit of claim, a little bit of search, way to offset their uh, low draw. Yeah, I think it, it's fairly well-rounded. All right, on to characters. Sure. So, we'll begin with Core Eddard Stark. Each, sorry, each character is going to be times three so that you have yes. a full playset. That's another very key thing, I think, about uh, a refresh like this with a new entry point. A full playset of everything is huge. So, Core Eddard Stark, with whatever he does that's new, at the very least, he's deadly, grabs power, and has renown. Uh, the new cycle that this should be coming out during, ideally, is boosting four for three characters, so he should get a healthy boost from that as well. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. He's really not that bad of a card if you take away Stalwart. So if we can fix Stalwart, then it makes sense to uh, put him in. Yeah. We've got Jumper Cat, because we need something for Intrigue, right? Stark's not going to just have no Intrigue. Exactly. Plus, he's an iconic Nedley character to go along with, well, Ned. And I've heard of people playing times to her, so having three of is uh, pretty important. Mm-hmm. We have two of Ned and Kat's kids, but the third is already available. Sansa has a version that, that will be, still be legal in this version. So City of Shadows Arya, to give Stark a power character if we make it winter. More viability to keep it winter with this house. And, oh, sorry, three of the kids. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, like, I think we're miscounting the kids here. <laughs> uh, Bran Stark, the, Val- the Valardo Harris version, to give some direwolf synergy. And the Lords of Winter, Rob Stark, for the plus two strength boost. Mm-hmm. Noticing a winter sub-theme here, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's good for Stark. S- since we have those, we have, you know, the not-Ned's kid, neutral core Jon Snow. With John goes Ghost, but Core Ghost is kind of a bad card. So instead, we have the Wildling Horde version to give Stark some way to get around Valar. The only other real intrigue presence in the deck besides Bran and Cat is Lewin times three and the mm-hmm. Riders, which we already mentioned. And uh, but to equalize that out, since intrigue is going to be such a huge problem, we've got three times the Knight of Harrenhal. Yeah. Which I know other people are back and forth on, but I'm very in favor of including him um, in order to spread the ally trade around among the houses a bit uh, and and really make that count. I agree. He's one of my favorite cards. Uh, when I was running Stark Knights, which I know it's not uh, the best, but uh, he was my favorite card in the entire deck, knowing that I was going to keep my no quarter uh, when I was intrigued because I know I'm going to lose it. So keeping that no quarter, keeping that winner is coming, and knowing that I'm going to be able to play them uh, was awesome. Oh, yeah. I agree with you totally, Tyler. Evening out the gold curve and helping that direwolf theme or the direwolf pups. Then we've got the hungry mobs, house tully recruiters, and Hodor. Yep. Just some solid chuds. I'm still kind of bored by Hodor, but Aaron swears he's a fan favorite. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. 
Are we talking in the game or in the uh, books and movies? Or I'm not TV sure. Because I love him in the game. Uh, that one for four, and he can trigger your no quarter. That's pretty awesome. But we will not have a no quarter. Oh yeah, sure. But it's it's hard removal is a big part of what ends up breaking a lot of the game. So a lot of hard removal is just going to be remo- is going to be taken out. Especially hard removal that doesn't have a limit based on attachments or anything else. I do want attachments to count for something. So I mean that'll be nice if a lot of stuff does actually. Uh you know, watch out for that condition. I mean, worst case, next set, we re- you release, like, another card that does exactly what No Quarter does, except says character without attachments. Boom. Yeah. Do you think they could just do Winner's Coming and let that replace it? Because that's... It's, obviously, it's not as strong, but it's uh, a lot more versatile, and uh, it's pretty pretty powerful. Yeah, I'm a big fan, honestly, of Winner's Coming. We didn't wind up uh, putting it in this deck, uh, but I... I do really like the versatility and the fact that since it is claim, the choice there is still on the opponent, you know, unless their board is really looking rough. Right. From here, uh, that's the character base, right? Am I missing anything? No, I think so. I think that's everybody. From there, let's go to locations, because those are quick and harmless. Yeah, Um, particularly quick. It's almost all resources. (laughs) Great Keep times three, Eddard's Chambers, Narrow Sea, Street of Steel, Street of Sisters... And the only non-reducer, Frozen Outpost. Yep. Gets the defense theme across, and while I assume we're keeping the limit one per deck text of Steel and Sisters, uh, you should still have enough cards here, I think, to field a, a viable deck with those extra copies not in there, and sets you up nicely to, uh, you know, slot them in other decks. That's another kind of choke point for people out of the current core set. We might want to look at, or FFG might want to look at, as the case may be, including an extra three great keeps, just so that people can build a couple Stark decks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we have six events only. They are Direct Assault times three, and Routing the Charge times three. But I might like Winter's Coming more than Routing the Charge, now that it's been brought up. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how I forgot about it when I put it, when we were putting this together, Um Routing the charge, of course, gets across the the defense theme nicely uh, for Stark, but I think I like Winter is Coming better as well. All right, so let's change it for Winter is Coming. Winter yeah. is Coming times three, direct assault times three. Definitely, and that still uh, really puts a focus on challenges uh, here out of the Stark deck, um, and gives them some solid direct control. Well, sorry, not direct control since Winter is Coming is claim, which I just talked about, but. Gives them the them solid options to put the pressure on from the aggro front. Well, and it, it keeps up Stark Murder, where routing the charge, it, even though it is kill, but it's defensive kill. So Winter's Coming is more aggressive attacking, which is what I think of when I think of Stark. Yeah, they've kind of tried to play both sides of that over the years. It's kind of just kind of interesting to to watch. Officially, for a long time, Stark. Defense has been a theme, and you keep seeing cards pop up with it. But the the house also gets so much aggro stuff that it, you know, it, it just feels like they can't quite pick an identity. Yeah. Well, the defense just isn't good enough to. I mean, it's just easier to win as the attacker than it is the defender. Yeah. So it's hard to base your entire deck around playing defensively, unless you're Raju. Yeah. Well, he's he's the exception to every rule. <laughs> 
Alright. We have 12 attachments, which seems like an awful lot until you realize that they can be set up. Or at least nine of them can be set up comfortably. Yeah, yeah. Three of them you're probably not going to want to, but, uh, and they kind of double as events, uh, a couple of the ones we chose, so. So, we have Crown of Winter times three because F the Ravens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and plus the protection is just great. Like, the immunity on that, I, I love that. It's, you know, turn somebody into a mini viper. That's very true. And especially since we won't have a viper at that value, that just goes on up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we're not keeping Princess of the Sun Viper. We haven't actually got some retaliate yet, guys, but yeah, we haven't, spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert, Prince of the Sun Viper should not be yeah. in the game anymore. I mean, I'm fine with him, but I'll get voted down, so Oh yeah. Super hardcore. <laughs> well, I don't, I just don't want him in the game because I love the claim raising viper so much. He's so much fun to play with. He is cool. But it's you just can't choose him because the other one's just better. I'm with it. I, I agree completely. I've played a bunch of decks for the other one, but <laughs> you're right. That that would be jumping into Martell, which is right. on down the line. Well, in addition to Crown of Winter, we have Grey Wind and Shaggy Dog. And with those and Bran and um, the Winter tech with Winds of Winter, Stark has a bit of kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without it having to be, you know, untouchable kill that you can't do anything about. Yeah. And it's got the nice Nedley angle again, working in, uh, you know, quite a few dire wolves here to the set, so it's pretty solid. I agree. I, I really enjoy the Nedley aspect of it. Now, I'm gonna build a Jamie deck to crush somebody's face, but if I can add a little Nedliness to it for my own, uh, benefit, that, that's still cool. Yeah, that's that fine line, uh, to walk and, you know, you can debate how well FFG does it, and especially the larger the card pool gets, the the more strung out it gets, but uh, getting those really nice Nedley cards that are also good Jamie cards, I think, is really what I would love to see. Well, we could technically get... If Shaggy Dog's too far ahead of the curve for where we are with this, we can always cut Shaggy Dog for Nymeria. But ultimately, I want these Direwolf attachments there because... Uh, we just got kids champion card, and we can't nerf that before it even gets played, right? Right. Right. And, and lastly, Will wants this. I fought hard against this inclusion, <laughs> but he ultimately won out. Froso. I, th- I mean, I think it deserves a home. It's an answer to a lot of potentially problematic cards on down the line. Aaron's right. It's probably a little under-costed, but also gives some real potency to straight Stark decks uh, or... At least Stark is a as the main house card if you're conquesting something, um, but it is still just temporary being an attachment. So something can happen to that rather than just hard control. Yeah, and this might be my uh, Stark colors flying, but I love Froso, and I and and I don't see why we wouldn't have it. Just, but again, I know I'm biased towards Stark. I don't know. Steve Simone says it's a bad card. That's all I know. Bad, uh, he wouldn't play it, or bad for the game? Bad, bad as in he won't play it. Like, oh. it's not a good card, which I think is just crazy sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a lot better than I am, He's so I can't really question that. He's a lot better than I am, but I'm still questioning <laughs> the shit out of it. <laughs> I question people all the time that are better than yep. me. Alright, with that, we have basically the house core. Hopefully you guys liked it. Let us know what you think of that, if there's anything you want to change or switch. If you want no quarter in there, you're just wrong, so move on. But besides that, we'd love to hear what you think.
Yep. Now, did you say you were okay if like no quarter was no attachments? Like what? if they made a different one that was similar to no quarter, just can't hit uh, characters with attachments. Yeah, I, yeah I'd, I, I'd like that as well. Well, especially because yeah. there's three types of cards that you know, like every other type of cards, you just play both attachments. Let's make people play attachments. Well, yeah. and if they're refreshing, it they could easily just errata and reprint it with that text. You know, right? Works for me. So, ready to get to the specific uh, packs, cycle packs? Yeah, we can we can zip through those. Sounds good. With a clash of arms, we have Old Man. Note the complete lack of trait hate within Stark. A lot of that is to try and get you to buy other packs, so you will get those trait hate cards in other packs. It's a decent mix, I think. So, uh, Sir Jory Cassell is next. He's a really good card. We've got a lot of dupes, and he makes them useful. He's in addition, he's solid. big in the first book. Yeah, I agree with that. And in my nightstick, we, I played him uh, just because I had so many weenie knights that I could just throw on him. Stark Knights is a good deck. Stark Knights is a good deck. And Gates of Winterfell. Yeah. I mean, it's enabled uh, some fun Shaga deck types over the over the years, I'd I'd love to see you keep trucking. Yeah, a completely original deck type, uh, and tons of people spammed it, but it's it was interesting. I don't think it'll work the way it you know was here, like the way it was most recently anymore. But it still ends up being a really good deck. All right, time for Ravens. Here's a, the big controversial. This this is the controversial. Yeah. Because I kept the refugees for starters, and a lot of people are going to want to see them go from the game. Yes, I count me in that boat. Too easy, too boring for every house to just have that. I want to keep House of Dreams viable, and it's kind of not without the refugees. I agree with that. It's very difficult to build a House of Dreams deck without uh, refugees. Now, are you keeping refugees for every house? Every house, yes. Okay. Uh, but I am eliminating the neutral ones. Uh, okay. They just don't yeah. exist. That just eats up so much space. It's such a blah, bland, boring card. It's it's not particularly Nedley or anything. We've already got the peasant uh, folks, the hungry mob. Sure, Stark has those, but every house does not. Yeah, I don't. I just don't want everybody, every house to just get the same cycle. Aside from resources as a necessary evil, I don't know. I I would much rather see that be some somebody unique like Maester Vimen or something that ties into the winter theme, like the Ranger of Winter. I don't know. Well, we're getting a new Vimen, so I don't. I, I don't know if they would want to reprint the old one. Yeah. Second from that pack is Jane Westerling, because Stark Search is good. We have Riders, we have Rob. Why not be able to go search him? Yep, sounds great to me. I completely agree. And I like the that Queen shut her off. I think that's a viable mechanic that should probably be continued throughout. Mm-hmm. And finally, here's the one that we're going to get yelled at for. We're keeping Frank. <laughs> <laughs> the Northern Cavalry flank. Stark is... Stark has a couple cycles where it doesn't get an awful lot. Keeping the flank gives them some some serious options, and it's going to be really, really hard to make Siege work if you don't have flank. Right, that's that's what I'm thinking about, because, you know, unless I miss something in the discussions we've done so far, 
we're not going to have the epic battles floating around, so Correct. Uh, Siege is not going to be nearly as abusable as before. So I think leaving them the, the flank still allows them to be viable. Um, it also keeps us from, you know, like, no agenda shouldn't just disappear because we have a smaller card pool. And flank, once again, makes us see a bit more no agenda. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's a huge uh, reason why a lot of people... Not, I shouldn't say huge, but it's a major reason why people will choose no agenda is to shut off that flank. And I know people, at least in Florida, I, my close friends have first purposely chosen no agenda just to shut down my flanks. So. Alright. On to... Well, if you hate us for flanks, give us a better option, another way to make siege work, especially since we don't have epic battles. Yeah, and and especially an option out of that particular cycle. <laughs> Yeah, really. Okay, we're on to King's Landing, which is where you'll see that Stark sort of starts hurting for, car- for cards. We've got Hidden Chambers first. Which I dig. I, w- I think Shadows is one of the best additions the game's ever made over the years. So being able to, to add back some pieces for some uh, some viable Shadows decks is, is big for me. And at this point, we only have Arya and one other card yet to be discussed for Shadows. But don't forget that the King's Road cycle is going to be legal for this. Right. So we will have Jamie and so on. And other yeah, just, friends, I'm sure, for the other refreshed houses. I'd like to see Stark get some more Shadows cards now that I assume in this uh, reboot or refresh, Mira is non-existent. So Stark needs other... Uh, shadow cards to to replace her. Yeah, you know that's that's a good point. You bring that up. We didn't really uh, touch on it here. We made a constant dis- or constant sorry uh, a conscious. Uh, conscious decision to uh, to skip the champ cards uh, in our ref- refresh. Um, well, there's most such a of them. most of them. Oh, you must well, have slipped one in that I missed. No, no the agendas stick around. Uh, and and I'm def- I definitely want to keep first snow. Well. That that gets tricky. I was looking at skipping all of them for now and letting letting FFG sort out the rests in my hypothetical world because I man I'm just not a big fan of uh, era. No, I was gonna say um, saying yes to some champs and screw you to others. I mean, there's already uh, a disparity in power levels that keeps something like Pinch of Powder being played versus something like Knights of the Hollow Hill. But to just rotate those out and not even have, you know, Luke's card around or Arrogant Contender or whatever. Yeah, but aren't, um, some, the, just, aren't some of the champ cards that are, like, around now um, from the CCG anyway? And, like, did they reprint every CCG champ card? Yes, yeah. They reprinted oh, really? every champ but haven't card. They, that was haven't part they changed of some of them? Yeah, they Like they, uh, they, Bruno's, they changed his, so couldn't they change some of the overpowered and underpowered ones to... Get yeah, yeah, which would be really nice, you know, I mean, they, it, to tweak them all to get them in a playable state would be great. I mean, they could always just burn Mirror Reed and leave the rest, and I'd be fine. Well, if if they took Mirror off of it and they just put an awesome Stark person on it, is the card okay at that point? Is it is no? <laughs> if, no that, Mirror, if that no. was Arya or yeah, if it was Arya or Sirio, maybe that, that would make me happy because I would prefer it, but no. Yeah, like still, Mira still breaks the game. I agree. I don't know if she breaks the game, but she she's far and above that curve. That's why she's still the the normal A example on the 
the CP reviews. Alright, so next card, for, besides moving on from champ cards, and again, listeners, let us know what you think about champ cards, too. Yeah, that, that's an interesting topic. I'd love to hear what more people think about it. So we've got champ cards and Frank, if someone wants to keep a list so we can ask these again. At the um, end. And Refugees. Oh, champ cards, Frank, and Refugees. Can we? Anybody got that list? Yep. Thanks. All right, next start card from this set will be Northern Steel, which I think is a fantastic ad. Like, I don't even, like, I have no problem thinking that Northern Steel is a really good card. Especially with Setup. So we're assuming Setup's on all of this, right? Yes. So, yeah. With Setup, yeah, it's amazing. Especially with the next card you're about to say. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm waiting on that next card. That's what sells me. And it's the Peasant Defenders. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me look that up so I can actually read the exact text. It's, it's nice to, to push that attachment theme with all this. Reduce the cost to play weapons on them by one, so Northern Steel will be one. And if Peasant Defenders has a weapon attachment, it gets plus plus three strength and does not kneel to defend. But to balance it, it's still an ally. Mm -hmm. It's still an ally, yep. And that really helps the start defense theme. So, um, And it's just another cheap guy that can be awesome if you add some attachments to him. I mean... I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking we want to keep like Varus, but we probably don't want to keep uh, Dissension because giving every house like Varus is enough to keep allies in check. I'm thinking Varus, Jorah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, say we kept um, it's delving again in further into other houses, but say we keep Varid, uh, Jorah, and Okart, then that uh, I think would do the job fairly well in a refresh. And they're all just one-shots that way. I absolutely agree. All right, on to the next cycle. We're at Defenders of the North. Defenders of the North is going to have a lot of uh, Wildlings and Night's Watch characters, so each house only gets two cards while we print out a bunch of neutrals so that the Night's Watch and Wildlings don't just completely go away. Okay. Fine by me. Those cards are Frozen Moat and Osha. Yeah, both, I think, are just... uh Solid cards. Osha's fun, and Frozen Moat's a great, uh, just kind of answer card to have around. Yeah, one or two Frozen Moats are, uh, always good. It's starting to get to where it starts getting too many good, uh, locations with Northern, uh, what's it, Northland Keep, Frozen Outpost, Frozen Moat. It's hard to choose from them. And it's so hard to keep the names straight, you right. know? Everything is cold. Or in the Border, Borderland Keep. That doesn't see much anymore, but I, I was playing that for That's a while. The uh, cancel, right? Yeah, people do not see it coming. Even though it's sitting there right in front of them, they just they just don't expect it. it. Yeah. yeah, I had it in my siege. It was gold, pure gold. Right. Um, Osha also adds an intrigue icon. Right. And we, that's another reason I want to keep the refugees because Stark is very intrigue light. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I kind of like the thought of refreshing things, kind of pulling the uh, houses back to kind of their core identities. And of course, the, you know, they've got some good intrigue options in uh, the past couple cycles as well. So they wouldn't be starting completely from scratch on that front. Well, the next cycle, Brotherhood, is going to give them two intrigue icons. The first two cards we'll discuss are Reek and Roos Bolton. Uh, I've always had a love-hate relationship with Reek. Um, he's awesome, but every time I run across a Lannister car- uh, player, they'd either steal him first with uh, enslaved, 
enslaved or just uh, making him irrelevant. So, but uh, against others besides Lannister, well, and Martell, and then Targ will just burn him away. <laughs> but other than those three, he's awesome. I mean, he's cheap enough for me to like him. Yeah. He's not great in every situation, but I also like that um, every house can get just a touch of taking control of other people's characters. Oh, maybe. Exactly. I'm not just a big a, fan of that going very far around. Just, just a touch. Take, it's really one difficult. of my least favorite uh, mechanics, really, in, in the game. I like this. It. This might be the hardest take control effect, though. It's not right. pay two or whatever. You've got to win. Intrigue with Stark, which they're horrible at, and he's an ally, and he's only one one strength. Right. So it, I'm, it's not an easy one. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with Reek. Uh, it it was um, <laughs> his comment that uh, he wants every house to do that a little bit. Uh, I'm not so sold on that. Well, okay, three of the houses like Targ has. Uh, well, I guess Stark and Targ have Ward, right? And Lannister has enslaved, and Raytheon's going to keep something. Not sure they keep both, but they're, well, I guess they do have to keep both because they're in the yeah, last set, right? Both pretty nice. Yeah. 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 So, it's Brathian's theme. Alright, well, Stark has a touch, it's Brathian's theme. And, uh, Roos I like a lot because if we do give that to some houses, then Roos can take the guys back. Mm-hmm. Right. Standing for Intrigue is good, and for Strength with the new cycle coming is very good. For, sorry, for Cost. For Cost, yeah. And I love the Bolton sub theme. I just I like the different offshoots you can play out of Stark, and and even though uh, Boltons are not very strong at the moment, keeping a few Boltons around with the refugees and Reek and Roos allows you to play the Bastard Boys, which I think come up in a little bit. So while we're on Boltons and while we're on annoying Will, the third card for the set is Dubious Loyalties. <laughs> I yeah. like it. I mean, Dubious is a, is another one uh, that takes some work. I mean, it's in the attachment range, which we were shooting for uh, buffing some. So, you know, maybe it's not a, as fragile and iffy as it used to be, but it is also at least challenge-based. So, Stark continues in the next set to get low-cost support with Lucas Blackwood and Rick and Stark from the Secrets of Old Town cycle. Lucas gives military a push, and military should get a good push for Stark. I feel like it's actually lagging a little behind their other themes. And their search is improved by Rickon, and it would really be kind of crappy not to have all the Stark kids in the game. Right. Yeah. Great. Lucas is awesome. Uh, I love popping him. And I assume Harrenhal is still in this because it's new. So popping him for Harrenhal during marshalling mm-hmm. and killing their one character they have out. Yeah, especially if they marshal in the wrong order, not paying attention to that possibility. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Rickon, he's uh, he can be awesome. I, with um, Widow's Watch, which I think it's out in what we're doing here, but I love him with Widow's Watch. Well, oh, yeah. we've, al- we've also got At the Gates, and we've got yeah. uh, Jane Westerling. Spinning right. the Winter Stores as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sansa would still be around uh, yeah. in in this hypothetical. After you get your crown of winter, just grab a Riders of the Red Fork as well. Right. All right. The very last, uh, the very last from that cycle is Will's pick, the Guardian Wolf. Yeah, I had to push for that one, and there's a little bit of a story in that. Uh, my original thought was that we would have the classic Stark versus Lannister uh, box, 
and of course there would be a bit of a Shadows theme in Lanny, and that would bleed into Stark, so you could mix and match some with City of Shadows and whatnot. Um, that we rearrange those ideas, and Greyjoy will actually be the house that uh, Stark pairs up with for our dual boxes. Uh, so we moved the Guardian Wolf out, but I'm still really in favor of keeping it in in the game to get a little bit more shadow support out there. Gives us a little more reason to have that hidden chambers. Uh, helps out with uh, the other shag or sorry, the other direwolf stuff we have, like Shaggy Dog and and Bran and the like. How many ladies do we have? I, I guess with uh, Arya, James, uh, Sansa. Does, does, a, does, does a lady have to be defending Lord, Lord or Lady? Oh, okay, Lord as well. Okay, so it's a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have a lot of options when you're looking at that because that throws in Bran and Eddard yeah. and Rob and Rickon. And, and well, Rickon doesn't, doesn't have an icon, I guess. But. Well, it doesn't need the icon for... Well, Guardian Wolf doesn't need the icon to participate, right? Right, right. Right. But Rickon would need an icon to be participating, so... Yes, he has the power, right? But oh, he, he does. Okay, I'm getting a mix. Yeah, he has one. Brian has none. Yeah. It's it's fairly hilarious to chump power and then be like, "By the way, Guardian Wolf, your defender is dead." <laughs> like that's not the worst thing you can do. No, well, and plus that that just gives a little bit more ability for uh, Stark to have some different options in shadows and bluff things a little bit. Like if Arya is all they have, well, then she just sits there, and you always know they've got Arya. But uh, this gives them something that's actually a little dangerous coming out of shadows, but not as OP as Mira. Yeah, yeah. Telechamps. Telechamps gets one of the very few dupes we have. It gets Harrenhal. Like, sorry, uniques that have two difference, not dupes. But it gets Harrenhal because Stark can definitely still use that as a viable choice. Definitely. Yeah. Stark is going to be hurting for card advantage. And to this point, I think all they have is the guard at River Run and awesome setups. Yeah, well, and, and a little bit of search. Um. Yeah, I really enjoy all the search you've been adding so far, and uh, I, I, I don't think Stark should not be drawing cards. They should be searching top three, top X, searching through the deck. I, I just really like that. And you know, it'll, you know, it'll see play now. The the new one, um, the Drunkard's Tower, maybe it is? The Neil and Search the Top 5 in Dominance? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I'd run it. If, if the card pool were smaller, I'd run it. I think it's a good card. Yeah. It's a recovery card. Yeah. Besides that, we've got some Rickard Karstark, because standing and claiming power are both good things. Yeah. And a little yeah, more I, no agenda support, so... Yep. I always want to play him. It's just, there's... He always gets cut, so when the... The card pool drops down, maybe, and with the new uh, four cost or more stuff coming out, he sh- he might be able to have a chance to see play. That's a good point too. And last is one of my absolute favorite decisions that we came to, the last river. And since no one knows what that does, it's a <laughs> challenges phase. Kneel the last river to give each participating character without a military icon negative one strength until the end of the challenge. I dire wolves. Yeah. And plus, an it doesn't have card. Frozen in the name, which is great. <laughs> yeah, the last I had no this card was. Yeah, but think about it this way. Stark is going to be really short on Intrigue, if, and this is non-unique, so they get two or three out. They can just blank out enough Intrigue so that, you know, Cat alone is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Yeah, I think it's got some nice play for sure. And uh, when you brought it back up again, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember trying that out in my Direwolf deck. That doesn't see much play. Yeah, that'll be cool. So I'm in. Off to beyond the narrow sea. We're almost done, guys. Yeah. Uh, Damon, dance for me. The auto-include of auto-includes for Stark. I think of everyone besides maybe the refugees and, I guess, the flank. This will be in the most decks because there's no real reason not to run Damon. He's so good. Yeah. Stark's got a lot of kind of crappy weenies from what we've done. They've got a lot of powerful effects and really mediocre weenies, and Damon brings their power level right up. Yeah, I mean, it's... Not only does he gain stealth, deadly, renown, if your opponent's running an agenda and you're not, but he always has that immune to events, and that can be so crucial. Yep. And it helps us with our uh, depowering of events and raising up of attachments. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So pushing, since we don't have anything really pushing us to not run an agenda, but we do have 50 awesome locations, Mage Mormont. Yeah, I love Mage. She's wonderful. Yeah, and she's more search. Gives us um, more ability to go in with Rickon and play up that theme. So, I'm in. And she does give you a reason, her and Damon, to try the no agenda Stark and not just always throw uh, Siege of Winterfell on there. Right. I, I like her an awful lot. I And I think she's, um, she's a touch unbalanced now, thanks to Mira. But if you get rid of Mira, she's just... Like yeah. a card that fits a lot of places. Yeah. And last for this set, Poison Coin. Did y'all just throw Poison Coin in there because the other two were so good? Um, I like Poison Coin particularly because I want Sark to still be able to kill some people. Okay. But I want it to have to work for it. I don't want it to just be like, and they die. Yeah. And then putting that decision point on the, the player who controls that character, uh, I think, mitigates it. It's, I think it's still a strong card. And I the think replacement's one, nice. One problem I always had, and this was me being a new player, I thought of it as a draw card. And you just you can't assume you're going to get that draw. You just got to assume that's going to force them to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. But when I played it, I, I was like, oh yeah, they'll send a guy and I'll draw. And it almost never happened that way. I don't love the card. I've had it played against me just enough for me to hate the card, though. <laughs> it like, can be frustrating. Like when you don't expect it, and your opponent's playing maesters, and you're just like, oh, well, I can safely do this now, and then like it's like, by the way, you're going to have to kill that guy. Yeah. yeah. That, I was just thinking about too. maesters. That happened to me last time I played Kristen. She uh, <laughs> dropped it on my loaded-up maester. I was like, well, frack. By the by, spoilers, we're nerfing the living shit out of maesters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like three or four chains and move on with life. Ten that's one of them, right? Yeah, clearly. Oh, yeah. We're, we're empowering attachments, so we need Tinlink now. Now it's balanced. also unrestricted. No, that, that's also <laughs> something else worth uh, worth mentioning. We also tried to stay away from restricted cards. Uh, With one or two exceptions. Yeah, some stuff has I come off. Kept, I think we kept Castellan, no? Um, uh, spoilers, I guess? Yeah, spoilers <laughs> ahead. Actually, Either. I think I may have dropped Castellan uh, in the last version. We'll, we'll get to, to Lanny. We... We've got a little bit of time to discuss it before we actually uh, hit that episode, though. Castellan has the no-attachments thing that I'm trying to push, right. so I'll probably end up arguing for it. But but since we're moving on, Song of the Sea, which is where Stark got all sorts of shitted on with really crappy cards. So White Harbor Droman for a little speed. Mario Tomatis, because, I don't know, why not? 
they need something, <laughs> and Swamps of the Neck, which even in a smaller card pool will probably not see much play. I do like the card, though. Yeah. I really... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I really like White Harbor Drummond. Uh, specifically in Melee, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Melee, I really do enjoy it there, and I really enjoy it with uh, Siege of Winterfell. It helps speed it up a little bit more right. now that we're not going to have the uh, epic battles. That is exactly the thought I was thinking. Uh, so, just so for amusement's sake, because I want to hear him defend this in the comments or read, I guess, Alex is Alex looked through this. Alex was going to join us for this, and he's got a new baby, so life happens. But his note was like, seriously, hear me out here, call the three-eyed crow. What? <laughs> that was the note he posted. That's all I know. And I was like, you're an asshole, and I just didn't include it. So I want to hear what he has to say, because he included Call of the Three-Eyed Crow. Yeah. Doesn't he hate that card? Because More of than the anything. Oh, yeah. I'm actually I, I'm flipping through the cycle just because there has to be something else, and there's really not. I can only assume that his thought was you could take the time uh, with a refresh to re-template its wording so that it either w- was worded essentially the same as Narrow Escape or the same as retreat, and doing it either way fixes all the wonky rules issues. What about uh, kind of cool for Stark, like as yeah. a surprise save-ish effect? Oh, what about perhaps, Wyman Vanderlei? Yeah, perhaps Vanderlei instead of Moria. I like that he gives another noble to Stark, uh, which helps if you ever wanted to try a noble theme uh, between Stark alone or Stark and Baratheon Conquest. Right. Yeah. And he's a lord for the direwolf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that is nice. Let's and, go with him. Yeah, given that intrigue icon on the lord, uh, with that direwolf is really nice, you know, who expects to lose their defender to the, the deadly uh, intrigue challenge out of Stark. Well, and since he's not letting characters strength to or lower count their strength, they're probably going to have to defend with three or four strength person, which is then hilarious. Right. And- I love Wyman Manderley in the books. The fact that he uh, served up Frey Pie is... It just makes him amazing. So, oh, yeah. That was Wyman Manderley it is. Uh, are we replacing Morio, or can we just toss out Swamps of the Neck? Which we're I'm good with dropping swamps. swamps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the Swamps, too. I've, like, I accidentally stuck them in a deck because I'm illiterate. Um, <laughs> I saw one cause Stark location and thought it was Borderland Keep. <laughs> and it was, but like they ended up being really useful. So, but yeah, I still never use them on purpose. So, they should go away. All right. So, final thoughts. I'm pretty happy with the mix uh, overall that we were looking at. So, I mean, that's that's my main thought. Yeah, I like it, and the more uh, I look at it, like at first, I I kind of didn't think highly of Guardian Wolf, but if you remember the smaller card pool, lack of mirror. He it does work, at least at the beginning. So uh I like Yeah. It. I think it's an opportunity. Uh you know, the more I've been looking at this and getting into this kind of side project, the more I think it, it could be a huge opportunity, even though I would potentially lose out on a bunch of my current collection. Uh there's just so many things you can improve. There's Older cards that could uh, suddenly see some value in a smaller pool, uh, problems that could be fixed. Uh, the the whole concept is really growing on me. One thing I see is uh, 
Uh, it feels like a lack of Tully. I don't know if that was intentional or if I'm just missing. It, it was intentional because there's a fair amount of Tully in the last two sets, and they're adding yet more Tully. They're adding more. So if we're going to get all this Tully, I don't think we actually need too much more. Mm-hmm. And you know what this does? Also, it brings uh, Darkwing's Dark Words into line for a while. Like Darkwing's Dark Words is going to be real hard to play. It'll Yeah, <laughs> it'll cut the event pool down by a lot. Yeah. Um, what we did leave is, given the current sets that we have available, we have, that should be at least competitive at any given tournament, we have Stark Knights, House of Dreams, Harrenhal, um, Siege of Winterfell, No Agenda, and Song of Ice. So that's a lot of potential decks for our refresh. Yeah, and and it, uh, I think, kind of smooths the power level between all of those decks a lot more than it is right now. I mean, I still think No Agenda is probably going to end up being the best, but it's not, like, far and away the way it is now. Yeah. Right. There's The only card I can think of that I would want to add to this is Mitchell's Muse. I love that. <laughs> wait, that wait. was in my list. Aaron really wanted me to drop it. <laughs> wait, I can explain, though, because Mitchell's Muse will be in the plot pack anyway. Like, okay, I feel like as long as it's house, coming. Every house should get one in the plot pack. But it came down to Winds of Winter or Minstrel's Muse, because if we've got Siege in there, one of them is useless, right? Like, they're both technically useless for it, but, like, I don't want to use up two spots two spots for it. I don't know. But, I mean, it's, it's, play it's not useless for Daryl. Yeah. In a Siege deck? Yeah, and I sent him a better version, so whatever. <laughs> Just, siege is fast, and it can claim power, but it I, one problem I've had with Knights and uh, sometimes with No Agenda is that it can be slow. So Minstrel Muse really helps it uh, push for the win. Right, but with what we have in the core set, for people that are just buying the core, we have that whole winter theme. And right. we don't have a winter agenda, because Lord knows Kings of Winter's got to go. So, with, As long as you're saying it's coming, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, with the winter, I just wanted to boost uh, Winds of Winter a little bit. I agree. Because who the hell is running Kings of Winter if you have a... Uh, sorry, not Kings of Winter. Whatever that uh, winter <laughs> winter festival. Who the hell is running winter festival? If you have Minstrel's Muse, that's true. Yeah, I mean people, but you you get the idea. Hey, some people might want to run both. <laughs> that that Stark reboot was a while in the making. Yes, I think we've we've kind of got the system uh, down some now. So when we tackle Greyjoy next week. Uh, it'll be much more straightforward. And then after that, I think we're going to accelerate things um, and try to knock out uh, both of the other paired boxes in one week each. Right, before uh, Worlds, when FFG does whatever it wants and makes our uh, job irrelevant. Right. Okay, so... Our next segment, uh, I wanted to return for just a little bit uh, to the Martell deck that we built a couple weeks ago. Gonna touch base on it uh, a little bit, uh, how it's been going, maybe look at a few tweaks, and then uh, maybe take another couple weeks off, let listeners and, and hosts play it some, and kind of uh, see where it goes and revisit it again. So I think, uh, let's see, what was it uh, you named that, Aaron? Two wings, one word? Two wings, one word it was. Yeah. So I've got that list up in front of me. I've been playing it uh, a good bit over the last couple weeks. Um, And there's, I think, three main thoughts that I have from playing it. Uh, One is that I do have to uh, 
give in and grudgingly admit the Prince of Dorne is pretty good. So many. I do also have to admit I didn't play against any Targ. Uh, no, sorry, I take that back. I did play against uh, Greg's uh, Targ, uh, Dark Wings, Dark Words, now that I stop and think about it. Um, but I think maybe he only got Dragon Thieves and was not able to discard it. So it it did indeed turn out a lot better than I expected. And I had almost missed, I think, when we were discussing it before, that you don't have to reveal that card whenever you choose it. Actually, you reveal none of the cards. In, in a deck of 77 cards, if two are dead against Targ, that's not horrible. Chances are you might not even see them. Right. So, oh, well, no, kill you. you're seeing cards. Yeah, that that but, is one of the things that's been nice. You were drawing a boatload, or getting cards in general. Maybe not draw, but... Um, along with that, another thought is games where I see Gaston Gray early go really well. If I don't see Gaston Gray, my control options um, are kind of uh, finicky, shall we say. Uh, and those games do not go very well. Um, the other thought, I'm not sure I'm 100% sold on the rivers. The predictability has been really dragging on me in these games. I like the cards, but you know, the more I've been playing the rivers uh, lately, which it's weird that I'm playing them more now when they're restricted than before then, um, even, even though they have that flexibility in the order you can play them and tr- trigger them and chain them and stuff, I almost feel like I'm locked into a specific order with them even more than I am with city plots. Um, and I don't know, I'm just not 100% sold uh, on that when there are other great plot options that are possibilities. So I agree fully, and I think the restricted, the restricted, the restricted should probably change the negotiations because of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And the two claim on that, I think, is a big boon for this deck. There were a lot of a lot of times where I wished I'd had a two claim plot available. If if oh sorry, go ahead. I think that was actually Scantrell's idea, just to give credit where it's due. If uh, Gaston Gray is so important to the deck, do you really think one locked in the cell is can't be fit in because it can be a pseudo Gaston Gray until you get to it, just to help you with that bounce. It's a it's a possibility. That's definitely one that we hemmed and hawed over uh, when we first put the deck together. Well, besides that, I'd really like to fit Shores of the Summer Sea in there. Yeah, I think at least one Shores is really great uh, to keep those events chaining. And the fact that you're going to get to keep shuffling with Prince of Dorne uh, really helps the Seas. So, uh, oh, go well, ahead. I, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I've, I haven't played Aftermath in my own plot deck yet, but I've played against it quite a bit. And playing against it, it's really hurt me. Uh, now, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say that it's not as good as they thought it was, but as the one taking it, it's it's really uh, affected my games, at least. So, like Karen Hall, I consider Aftermath a good player attacks. The better the player, the better use they're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it's not it's not a point-and-click card. It's a very careful consideration of when you want to use it and how you want to get that effect off. Right. So, I'm... Ah, sorry. I'm a big fan of the Aftermath. It's in almost... It's in as many plot decks as I could fit it. But going to um, negotiations allows us to keep Aftermath, add things like Power of Blood, Forgotten Plans, and then some more to claim. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking about uh, what else to fill that in with. So, one power of blood seems like a great idea, like you said. So let's get that added in. And a uh, forgotten plans. I'm not not usually uh, the biggest fan of it personally, uh, but I'm willing I'm willing to drop it in and experiment with it a bit. It's still my from there for my wheel sphere. Yeah, until that's dealt with, you you need forgotten plans. Uh, besides that, um, if we have enough gold, the one, the 102 City of Spiders makes sense. But but assuming that winter still exists somewhere or other, instead of that, we could always go with some uh, retaliation. Choosing the spears, or uh, yeah, do the plot. Do we uh, have the renown for choosing the spears? The question. Yeah, we don't have much. We've got the viper. Arion's worthwhile, even if she's not renowned. Yeah. Um, what else is really nice in there? Elia can potentially help us out with an extra challenge there. Darkstar, Okart, and Uller. Well, he should be standing anyway. Yeah, probably so. Closed out a game with him just last night, actually. Told you. Do you still want only one of him? Um, maybe. I don't want to let the deck get too large. I, in fact... I mean, we should probably wrap, wrap up plots, but I already dropped in one uh, Shores of the Summer Sea and haven't cut anything else, uh, so we may need to come back to the draw deck. Okay. Let me check my version of it, too. I've got a version of it floating around. And um, how many plots do we have left? One, right? Um, well, were we looking... Were we going to go ahead with Retaliation? I, th- I, I think, think that's so. probably a good I think call. So. Okay, so yes, that, that leaves one slot after Retaliation. I'm tempted to say go ahead with the um, City of Spiders. Um, you know, it it may be a turn that I can't really afford to replay somebody that I've returned to hand with Gaston Gray, but in a lot of these games so far, I've had so many resources. Um, I mean, which has been great with the level of card advantage we've had, um, but I've just I've not been hurting for resources badly. I think I think it might be playable. Uh, let's not for now, because I'm thinking actually we might want either Desolate Passage or March to the Wall. Uh, between the two, man, that's tough. Passage works out so nicely with Gaston Gray, so but I just marched. love Marched. Yeah, you, but if you bounce everything but one thing, and then you march that one thing, it's really funny. Right. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It's a solid argument either way. Yeah. I'm just flipping through decks looking at plots that I like. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, no, no. I'm tempted to go with March just because that gives us so many nice like plot-based control options there uh, with Valor, Aftermath, and Marched. So, how do you feel about... Here's one that you're not going to love. 
How do you feel about building season? You know, I actually thought about it to go ahead and get the the Gaston or you know potentially Heron Hall or something else if I need. But I thought about it. it you'll have to realize you're giving your opponent access to Heron Hall. That might that might not scare you, but you're giving your opponent a Heron Hall. That's a good yeah, point. That is a very good point. And we very don't simple. have many uh, answers to locations. We've got what our one condemned. Yeah. Well, how about attack from the sea? Uh, we've got a lot of uh, kneeling reducers. Oh, we do. That's a good point. Yeah. What else do we... So we don't want to use burning bridges, then. No, probably not. We can't use search and detain. What do we have that takes care of... We don't want a 301, whatever it's called. Did, did you already throw your power of blood in? Yeah, I've got one power of blood. I mean, we could potentially look at two... I feel like that's too many. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'm against burning bridges. With the the tricky thing with burning bridges for me is that puts so much pressure on the events to pick up the slack for that turn. And when I've been playing it, I just can't count on the events to uh to be there. <coughs> Shadows and spiders or men of pride? Spiders maybe. So that's, that gives us some nice control and works well with Gaston as well. Yeah, I just, uh, the reason with the events there, I keep getting hung up with uh, a bunch of kind of conditional stuff in my hand. The cancels, dissension, uh, stuff like that. Okay. Um. Oh. Never mind, I know what we're picking. Fury of the Sun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not restricted. Yeah, I don't know what we were... Yeah, Fury of the Sun is the choice. That's an easy choice. That's another Gaston for you, against certain... Right. Against Lannister or Barra. uh, Either of those, perfectly respectable. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a perfect choice. I, I was looking through other decks, and I was like, Fury of the Line? Oh, wait, right. Yeah, that's a real thing I can actually choose now. Yeah, yeah, I'm still not awesome. used to that. I know, I know this is off topic, but Fury of the Lion has made it where my Lannister decks don't even fret about the Viper anymore. Yeah, if you're smart about when you use it, it's pretty great. Mm. That was uh, in the final. John played his entire uh, final game expecting to get hit with uh, Fury of the Sun on mm. one of his important Lannister characters, and like, uh, Quarry wasn't running it, so. Jeez. It was it was definitely a factor. Like it affected his whole opening. Which is a damn shame. Well, and he had played like sixteen hours of thrones, so Yes. He yeah. was Could, barely, capable, barely cool. capable of speech at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, have have you listened to John? I, that's most days. Everyone in the community has listened to John at this point. Yeah. There aren't that many of us. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, I think that rounds out the plots really nicely. Um, as far as the draw deck goes, we, we definitely want to drop in at least one Shores. Do we want to look at two? Uh, I'd prefer two because we'd run two Edmer, right? Yeah, yeah, probably so. So if we'd run two Edmer, then two Shores. Okay. I feel like instead of going up to 79 cards, though, that we probably Wait, ought to cut. cut. Yeah, we're definitely cutting. Yeah. Um, I also want to cut 
excuse me, royal decree for uh, the Neil Noble one. See, I was leaning towards just cutting royal decree to get down on events. That that seems to be, you know, it could be a fluke, but that's what I've been hitting and sitting on. You know, last game, I was sitting on, he calls it thinking paper shield and royal decree in my hand, which I don't have the freedom to play. I love having cancel, but when I want to play my events to get my draw going, I don't want to have to wait on my opponent. Well, you don't. You also don't want to go too much below fifteen events, right? So that, puts us at, that puts us at fifteen. So just cutting roll decree is fine. Well, especially since you've dropped the rivers, I'd be I'd be hesitant about going too low on the events. Right. If fifteen should be good, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't want to go below that. And then uh, we just up the gold so we can cut a winter king's road. And just go down to the one king's road. Yeah, doesn't hurt. It's a good. It's a good gold producer. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably have fine with that. Have you found three Heron Halls is too many, or just enough? You know, that's a good point. Going down to two would probably still be perfectly acceptable for... You've lost the river bounce. ...purposes. Yeah, without the river bounce, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Down to two Heron Halls. Well, now we're at 76, and you have room for a second Harmonuler. Okay. I'm fine with that. I still say locked in the cell. But since you have Fury of the Sun, you might not need it. Yeah. I mean, I would like locked better than Royal Decree, I have to admit. It well, let's see if there's a character we can drop. No, at 36, we're probably at the right number. Um, Not dropping Prince of Doran. We just dropped two prize cards. Um. Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, gosh, that makes me want to go ahead and drop locked back in. Uh, for the trigger on Prince. So, locked would put us at 76? Um, if we drop locked in a cell in, uh, and the Harmon Oler that puts us at 78. If we leave it at one Harmon, we're right where we were at 77. Uh, let's see if there's anything that we can, that we're not needing as a character. No, I guess we're sticking with one Harmon. I really like Harmon, though. Oh, well. What a shame. Yeah. He, I mean, he was really solid uh, well, in that how's, game. Well, how's Darkstar working for you? Um, If your hands are too big, he's not exactly... Yeah, right. yeah. Um, I've had him in hand a couple times and then get him pulled, but that's just kind of the breaks sometimes. I don't he know. Never, he never works for me. Like, I've got him, had him work, like, twice ever, and I play a lot of Martel. So... I'd probably run two Harmon and one uh, Dark Star, and no Dark Star, but I'm probably the only one as well. Yeah, hmm. would bring the curve down a little bit. Because well, Dark Star, you never want to play anyway. Right, that's a good point. So curve is not really an issue there. He's an event. <laughs> yeah, he just won't draw us a card. Yeah, very situational event. But he is vengeful and renowned. I mean, he, it's not like he's a bad card. I just yeah. think he's a little overrated because he can win you games through sheer luck. And the closing well, power is Hey, you, nice. know who we, you know who we don't especially need? Uh, we don't need Marcella. Oh, man, I don't know. The, Has she been the, good for you? The, yeah, the specialized guys have been big down here lately. Yeah, they're big everywhere. Yeah, and it's so nice to to bounce them back when an opponent was counting on one of them to push a challenge through. I can see that. 
There's no one else I'd be... Could you go down to one of Edric? Uh, that's possible. For an extra ally, I'd rather keep the... For an extra ally, when we just added Power of Blood, I'd rather keep Edric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and Edric's right at that sweet spot. I think I think the three-cost nobles are the the most perfect confluence of costs there. What about Quentin? Maybe Quentin for... Nah. Um... If we're gonna drop anything, just drop that last damn King's Road. But then we're messing with setup. I'm fine with just keeping one Harmon. And if further playtesting says we're having trouble closing, we add another. Or if you continue to to kick all sorts of ass. Yeah, I found uh, resources can uh, can dry up on you quick and uh, Dark Wings if you're not careful. Well, this is also now a high gold uh, high gold plot deck. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely, uh, I forget now what our average was earlier, but we're at about three and a half right now. I, I want to say, gosh, I shouldn't have saved the, the deck by updating. I should have saved it as a new list. I want to say our old average, uh, was, uh, like 3.2, 3.1, something like that. Our old average was 2.8. 2.8, okay, never mind, but, yeah. But while it was 2.8, one of those one gold plots is really a three gold plot. Right. So it probably pushed it up to an even three. I'm too lazy to sit here and actually work the average. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we we definitely went up by a noticeable amount. Anyway, you count that, really. Yeah. And it's more, in a, it's more consistent now, too. Yeah, I think so. We have multiple possible opens. We have a lot of good ways to do things. Mm-hmm. And two, two claim plots as well, which... I think it's going to be great uh, when you can put really put the hurt on with Arion on a two-claim plot. Uh, yeah. W- if you've got the Red Viper or Uller not kneeling, the two-claim becomes uh, a lot more potent. Good stuff like that. I'm all-around agree. All right. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. I guess that's uh, Two Wings, One Word, Volume 2. Um, check this one out. I'll make the tweaks to my physical deck and give us some feedback. In a couple weeks, we'll see how it did. How it did. Props and slops? Yes. I okay. have a big prop. Ooh, big. Okay. Huge prop. Um, there's a card game I like as much as Thrones. <laughs> Uh, did you start playing Hearthstone? No. Oh, thank Sen- goodness. Sentinels of the Multiverse. <laughs> oh, nice. It's incredible. Like, I've got like six friends trying to come over to my house every day to play it. <laughs> now it, you know why we were propping it for so long. Oh my god, is it fun. Like, um, for those who don't know, th- um, it's a superhero co-op game. I would be amazed if anyone listening to this show... Has not. <laughs> I didn't it. know what it was it, like a month ago. Re- well, so how did you miss that? Zyler well, propped that game like every constantly. other week for two years. Who listens to yeah. Zyler? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to um like I asked the, I, we went to Dan's house, Drew Hall's house for like a little hangout, and after that I was like, you know, I need to get some more games besides Thrones. I love Thrones, but I need some more games. Um, I ask everyone what to get. Every single person I talk to goes, dude, why don't you have Sense of the Multiverse? It's like game for you, made for you. So, alright, I keep it in mind, no big deal. Moving on with life, I go to some game night at a local comic shop that I just found out existed with a friend of mine. 
Nice. There's one other new guy there, and he only has one game with him, and it's Sentinels. So, you know, since I got kicked in the ass with it, I immediately played it, loved it, went home, and bought every set. Nice. <laughs> so, it's all I've been doing. Yeah, get Sentinels. You will not regret it. Oh, also, for those of you who are interested in Sentinels but don't want the $40 buy-in point, on October 16th, they're releasing an iOS version for 10 bucks. It's the core set completely playable for 10 bucks. Wow, I did not realize they were doing that. I missed that announcement somehow. It looks gorgeous. There's Is it iOS only? I don't know for sure. Okay. I hope not, but whatever, I have an iPad, so that's why I didn't really look any further. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd love to pick that up on my Android tablet if it is very <clears throat> Get it, it's amazing. Also, superheroes greater than hobbits. Yeah, definitely. I like both, but yeah, uh, I'm probably uh, more of a comics guy. I'd like to prop, uh, now, people might hate me for this, but I like to prop uh, audiobooks. I've been into uh, Audible uh, audible.com where you can download books uh, and they will read them to you and it's fantastic because I drive 30 minutes to work I do a lot of menial tasks that I can check out mentally on and doing those things I can just listen to a book and I don't have the time to sit there and read a novel anymore with a baby and uh, school and grading papers and all this stuff but I do have time to listen to somebody else read the book to me I just bookmarked it as we as you were talking about it. Yeah, and I, it's good you can get like the first book free if you go if you find like a podcast that talks about it. And I know uh, writing excuses will get you it for free the first month. It's awesome. I can stop listening to my own podcast on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see. I think I'm gonna prop. At least I think it's a prop anyway. Um, Batman, The Brave and the Bold. Netflix. I love, I love that show. Yeah, Netflix has been advertising it uh, to me for a while, so I finally gave in last night, started watching it, and, you know, I really loved Batman the Animated Series when I was growing up. Like, it hit that perfect uh, blend of humor and, like, dark noir feel and had an amazing soundtrack and everything. And nothing's ever quite as good of that as that. So I was like, okay, I'll check this out. I was not prepared for what Batman the Brave and the Bold is. So, listeners, be warned. If you, if the idea of a cartoon mashup of the Venture Brothers and the 60s era Batman TV show appeals to you, you will love this. Otherwise, you'll probably hate it. I can't imagine you hating it. If you hate it, you hate fun. No, no, I've been enjoying it, but the first episode really threw me off because I was not expecting that. Uh, but now that I've watched the first half dozen or so episodes, um, I think I approve. It's the visual equivalent of drinking a Slurpee. <laughs> uh, that actually s- sort of makes sense. Yeah, it's a sugar high. It's great. It's probably bad for you, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a slop. Uh, I don't know if you saw on the news recently, but there's this lady in Florida who uh, got a third boob. Oh, not true. I already uh, Yeah, that's what I was going to slop, is <laughs> that uh, it's not true, because it was hilarious you wanted when it, it could have been true, but it's <laughs> fake. I want to prop Snopes, because... 
Snopes is the best. Yeah. Everyone knows Snopes, right? Yeah. I hope so. Listeners, if you see anything online, you should probably go check it on Snopes first. See if it's true. Uh, it's it's that and then let me Google that for you as far as like my favorite ways to be dicks to people at random. Yeah, yeah, I think you've done that to me a couple times. He, it might have been me. It might have been Florian. Uh, no, I think it was. I think it was you. Well, Florian and I were not often uh, in Skype at the same time. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's great. I also do that to Sandy constantly, and then he does that for me, and I'm like, yeah, but you are Google, so this still works. Like, I've gotten a bunch of places updated on Google Maps through him and all sorts of shit. So, like, he is Google. Brilliant. He's also not listening right now, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. It's uh, evaluation time at work. Oh, nice. More props and slops? I have one last. I'd like to uh, prop Jesus at oh, Dogs yeah. of War. Um, I did not realize... I, I knew Jesus was awesome, and he, he works his butt off for not just Game of Thrones, but all the LCGs. I mean, he does everything he can to promote them. And I knew he was awesome, but I did not realize how awesome he was until I talked to people from other stores in other states, and they talked about how crappy uh, their store owners are and how much they don't care about Game of Thrones or any of the LCGs. And it made me realize just the effort that man puts in, and, and uh, I'd like to prop him big time. He wants to do an FFG, like he's gonna, he wants to rent a hall in February and do like an FFG Games uh, series of tournaments. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I'm in. Cool. Yeah, I've already told him I would demo Thrones for him, and uh, I'm also getting into the new Conquest, so I'd help him demo that. Yeah, I guess I need to check out Conquest at some point. Ooh, I've got something else to prop. Ready? Sure. Sentinels of, Sentinels of the Multiverse <laughs> again, because that shit is awesome. <laughs> That's just going to be Aaron's prop every week from here on out. <laughs> We're going to open with Kanichiwa, bitches. We're going to close with propping Sentinels. It's going to be great. Listeners will love it. We're going to start a Sentinels podcast. Like, it's going to be the painted Sentinels part of the podcast. You know, p- part of me kind of wants to, now that you mention that. If only I had time to do another podcast. Uh, really? Since, Anybody, we, since we do so well at getting this one together. I know. Anybody have any good ideas on how I could just make this a job and get paid enough to survive on it? Um, you can be Nate's mistress. Hmm. Tempting. I could whisper Nate. sweet nothings in his ear about what he should do to refresh the card pool. By the way, it's called a refresh. Props to you for that, but refresh is so much better of a word than reboot. Yes, I know, is. right? It, sound, it sounds so cleansing. I'm going to slop Alex Hines in advance, because he's going to tear this episode a new hole with two ideas about things we missed as far as, like, <laughs> what about this, but what about this, but what about this, and then I'm going to cry. So, stops in advance. As long as he explains why the hell he wanted Call the Three-Eyed Crow back, I'm okay with that. You know, I think I have one more prop, and that's going to be two comic books. Because I dug out my whole collection, I've been sorting it, and uh, trying to get everything in order that over the years has, you know, kind of moved around here and there. I am noticing I'm missing a few issues that I thought I had, so 
maybe I'll get that sorted out. But uh, out of the stuff that's that's going on right now, definitely, if you're a comics fan, make sure you're checking out Future's End. Uh, it's sweet. It's DC's big ongoing event uh, right now. It's a weekly book. Um, cool stuff. Uh, Brother Eyes taking over in the future, turning people into these Borg-like uh, creations. Batman Beyond gets sent back to the past to stop it all from happening, but does not get sent back far enough. Um, so that's pretty sweet, and I know a lot of people are Batman Beyond fans, so they like to see Terry McGinnis in the, the regular DC-type world. So, there you go. That's one comic you said, too. Oh, did I say two? Okay. Well, also the multiversity. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Do what? I haven't read that yet. I need to. Yeah, I've got the first issue. Um, it seems okay. Uh, the tagline is Cosmic Neighborhood Watch, I believe. So it's it's going to be Grant Morrison uh, plucking all these DC characters again from various worlds in their multiverse and doing something with them. Don't know a whole lot yet about what uh, what will really be going down with it. Um, so we'll see. Grant Morrison is so... Well, Morrison-y? On drugs is the word you're looking for. Yes. The phrase you're looking for. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. There's been some stuff he's written that's been really good. Uh, there's been some that's been bad. There's been some that has devolved over the course of the run. Uh, I'm looking at you, Invisibles. Ugh. The first two acts were phenomenal, but he fried his brain over the course of the third act, and it didn't make a lick of sense. He's got quite a few books like that. Like, I don't know what to make a sea guy. Ooh, I think I've heard that name before, but I have not read it. It's a thing that happened that I couldn't make sense of. Gotcha. But um, if you got if you like Superman and you can find it, because it's run across a couple series, and I hated Smallville, but Smallville season eleven is some of the best Superman I've ever read. Interesting. I knew they were kind of doing that continuation uh, with the Smallville, yeah, Smallville stuff, and kind of working in some other heroes and things. So. Once it starts, it kind of just ignores the fact that it's taking off of Smallville and just does, like, some of the best Superman work I've ever read. Hmm. Cool. Is he Superman in the comics? Yeah. Or is he still No, he's Superman. Blur? Like, he's Superman, and they totally just ignore the fact that there's a blur. He was just Superman. Because that annoyed me so much with Smallville. It would have been so much better if they are just, okay, he's Superman, let's go on with Superman. Yeah, um, Smallville was sort of a bad show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't make it through through more than, I think, maybe the first season. Maybe I started in the second season. I don't know. The episode where Pete magically um, was an underground street racer. Yeah. Like, that is where the show jumped the shark, and I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Like, another one of these story of the week where something that's never been mentioned before is suddenly a huge part of these characters' lives. And then at the end of this week, I just know it's never going to be mentioned again. I just, I just couldn't do it. Did anyone watch Gotham? No, uh, I, I need I to did. check that out. Did you like it? Um, I, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, that's about it, all I could say to you. <laughs> I did not like how they're throwing in all these characters, like Kid Catwoman, and all these just random people that you know are eventually going to become Marvel or DC uh, villains. 
I, I don't know. It was, it was just like two quotes of, oh, here's Catwoman, and here's Poison Ivy, and here's this, and here's that. But I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, they're Speaking of... Characters from Gotham Central, and Gotham Central is so good, I want to give it a shot. Oh, I've been hearing a lot about that lately. It's DC's enough. been advertising it pretty heavily in the run-up to Gotham. I need to check it out. It's on sale on Comixology. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the places I saw it mentioned most recently. It's freaking phenomenal. Um, it's got the second best Joker story ever in it. Oh, nice. One of the ones that inspired The Dark Knight. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, what about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Did anybody check out the Season 2 premiere? I got six episodes in and gave up on it. I couldn't. It was too dumb. I tried to, and it was just... I, wa- I really wanted to like it, because I heard there's a storyline that threads into uh, Winter Soldier. Right. And I really loved Winter Soldier, but like Aaron said, I just couldn't keep going. Yeah, they... Man, it was messed up. I went ahead and stuck it out all the way through, and I'm glad I did. But really, I wish a lot of people had not watched the first half dozen episodes and just watched the second half dozen. Uh, like the first couple episodes before the Winter Soldier tie-in and then the rest of that season was really pretty good. It, like it was about as good as I could hope for out of a Marvel TV show. But the first half was so lackluster. The problem with the first half wasn't even the plot. It's that it wasn't even that it was cliche. It's that no one had a personality. They weren't right. developed enough to be cliches. Right. And That's and if you're going to do that, you have to have a really exciting plot. Like your focus either needs to be plot or character. Like if you're not going to do both fairly well, one has to be really strong to compensate. And the show didn't do either very strong, and so the whole thing just felt weak. And then they're like, we're going to introduce secret societies, X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, dude, you've got the whole Marvel Universe mythology behind you. You really can't do better? Right. If they would have had, like, an an actual Marvel supervillain to to contend with. Dude, just aim. Say aim. All they have to do is say aim, and I would have been happy. Right. Like, I don't need a real supervillain. Aim. Stick someone in a beehive helmet. I'm done. I'm there. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, Hydra does appear in the show as well, with characters in charge of them that I've never met before, but hey, at least one guy crosses over. It was really cool, I'll admit, the episode before Winter Soldier came out, um, the Agent Sitwell was in that episode, was given a task, you see him leave to do such and such, then you watch Winter Soldier, and you see him there... And then you see, like, the fallout in the next episode. Like, they at least had one character kind of flow through, but he was such a minor character. Like, it, it just opened up the awesome potential that's there, but didn't do as much as I wished. Whatever, let's reprop Guardians of the Galaxy and get off the crappy <laughs> subject. Okay. Guardians was amazing. Uh, it, it's probably just uh, ra- worth wrapping props and slops before we just devolve into a uh, superhero TV show podcast. Well, since we do the moments we do our Sentinels podcast, we can have a superhero TV show section. Brilliant. Nice. I like the way you think. Well, <laughs> there you have it, folks. I think that's an episode at this point. So be sure to uh, get a hold of us on Facebook or Twitter or drop us a line at our email, twochampsonechomp at gmail.com. 
let us know what you think of the revision here to uh, Two Wings, One Word. And we're always open to any other topic ideas. And uh, let us know what you think about this scheme on refreshing the game. Tyler, give us a danger zone. Danger zone! Turn around, there's nothing to see here.